Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 207 of Dogcast Radio, which you can find at dogcastradio.com. Today I'll be talking to Tanya Madden from the Mayhew Animal Home about their Rehome from Home scheme. Giving up your pet is, is a difficult decision. It's not something that people take lightly and we 100% sort of understand that. We'll also have the Dogcast Radio news, but before all that, we'll be finding out from Jamie and John Serbel of Nomad Home how they got away from the everyday life most of us live. Two years ago, they made a momentous lifestyle change, which I asked them to tell me about and how their dogs inspired it. We sort of fell into the nine-to-five, bought a house in the suburbs, hustle. We didn't really intend for that to ever happen. We've always been uh, passionate travelers, Mm. but we just, especially once we got engaged, then we fell into the here's the wedding you're supposed to have. Now the next step is kids, so you need to buy the house, and then you need to do this. You need to get a promotion at the job to afford the house and to afford the kids. And <laughs> Yes, yeah. We had even met traveling, and we kind of, you know, we're always kind of uh, into, like, alternative lifestyles. But, uh, yeah, like, just, just, you know, it's very easy to kind of, you know, get into, like, a, a path and then not kind of realize what you know, where, where you're heading or, or, you know, not even stop to reevaluate whether that's, you know, really something you want or if it's something that's kind of, you know, you're being shunted down. So we yeah. just kind of woke up one day and we just kind of realized like, um, well, it, it wasn't yeah. in the drop of a hat of a day kind of thing, but we had talked about yeah. doing one last hurrah before we had kids, hmm. um, which was basically just going to be rent out the house for a year get an SUV, travel around, and then go back to our old jobs after the mm. year of traveling Yeah, um, with our dogs. Because if we didn't have the dogs, we would have done something international. But we were like, well, we, want to, we don't want to abandon our dogs for a year. We want to take them with us. Yeah, yeah. the original plan, because we've uh, um, we, we, uh, backpacked Southeast Asia um, about a year or two after we met. And, uh, you know, we, we were kind of fixing on doing something like that again, like maybe going to like Europe or South America or somewhere else. And then uh, we ended up in 2015, we ended up adopting uh, Nymeria, who's uh, we still call her our puppy, but she's almost four now. <laughs> That's still she a puppy. That's a puppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was our first uh, pet together, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was our trial and error of are we even ready to raise another living being yeah yeah <laughs> what you've passed uh-uh. you've passed that you know you can do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah so we we got Nymeria and we we she made us more active she got mm-hmm. us going on because we wanted her to be like the best trained dog like we knew a lot of people mm-hmm. we were raised like near a lot of people that did not have good trained dogs so we were like well we want this to be an emphasis you know, the the more disciplined, the happier she'll be, the more trust we can have with each other so that we can do more fun things together. And we're like, OK, we're going to, you know, get her, we're going to train her really well. And then we're going to make sure she gets tons of exercise, tons of socialization, walks all the time. So, you know, we were taking her out on hikes and, you know, places where she could run around. And we just really saw how much she just loved being outside mm. and exploring the world. And we just like felt you know, terrible during the week, especially when we would just see her sitting at her front window, just staring longingly outside and, you know, not wanting to be inside at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bless. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and like if the weather was crummy or something like that for a couple of days, or if we got too busy just from bouncing from work Mm -hmm. commitment to friend commitment to family commitment or whatever, if she was cooped up too long, then she would, you know, have excess energy and all of this stuff that, you know, then you have to deal with all of that and get them enough toys to distract them. And, you know, once once a dog starts acting out, then you know that it's not getting something that it needs. Yes. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was we, we always say that we got and built a van for Nymeria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, having her kind of kind of nix the whole year-long international trip because we wouldn't have been able to bring her. Mm. So then, then that's when we started looking for options within North America. And originally, we were just going to, you know, sell our cars and get like a little SUV type thing and just like camp and just drive around and just kind of, you know, camp and stay in Airbnbs or, or whatever. Yeah, and then... And then uh... One of our best friends, but we were like a few days away from buying a brand new SUV when a friend of ours was like, hey, you should look at van life on hashtag van life on Instagram. And we weren't using Instagram at the time and we didn't know what any of this was. So then we started looking into it and for a couple of days there, we did the whole seesaw of like, man, it'd be so cool to do this. Ah, but we can't do this because, <laughs> you know because of our jobs and because, you know, we don't have a van and we've never built a van or a house for that matter of any sorts. We don't know anything about electrical or plumbing or this or that or whatever. You know, what are we going to do with all of our stuff um, was probably the biggest one because just between the two of us, we had a three bedroom, two story house just filled to the brim of things we've collected on our travels and stuff like that. Um, and it was really once we made, we had the discussion of like, what if we didn't have any stuff was then when like a light bulb clicked and we were like, we could do this. You know, if we just like commit to this, then we could do this. And then once we made that decision, it was like instantly Mm -hmm. I started running around our house, taking photos of things like 20 bucks for this. Who wants it? 20 bucks for this. Who wants it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh wow you see that that's amazing to me because i'm i i mean i have a lot of clutter and i'm a little bit of a hoarder and actually we are we are thinking about sort of having a declutter at the moment and i'm just you guys seem really in tune and my husband and i are really in tune but we're, we're usually out of step on the clutter front because one of us will be going we need to get rid of this we need to get rid of this and the other one is sort of you know having panic attacks and going we can't get rid of that we can't and that's what's happening at the moment and mr dogcast is going let's get rid of this let's get rid of that and i'm going no 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 we can't we can't i need that i need that and he's like but it's a plastic goofy with a leg missing and you haven't used it in six years and I'm going, no no i love that i love you know whatever and so, but, yeah. yeah it reminds me of this person or remember when we did this with it or yeah. yes yes I mean, it's, exactly. it's definitely not an easy thing you it, know, it you, was you not develop, easy uh, you know an emotional attachment to things and it's it's really tough to to part with them uh, but you know one thing we found in the process of doing it is that like we had all these things that you know we thought oh we can't get rid of this we can't get rid of that and then once we actually did, um, we barely even noticed. You yeah, know, we didn't miss it. We um, we literally made like a spreadsheet of essentially every item that we owned, and it was like half of that spreadsheet was like, well, this is stuff that we'll store at a friend and family's house, like in their basement, or we'll buy storage or whatever. But then once we started selling things that list got dramatically, like we just started shifting it to the nah, screw it, let's sell it list. Um, yeah, it helps to start with like the things that are the easiest to, to stomach getting rid yeah. of. And then once you kind of start doing it it, it, it just very quickly snowballs and gets easier. Yeah, there were, yeah. There were a lot of things we genuinely believed that we were not going to get rid of. But then once things started moving out of the house and you know, it was as as each item left the house, it was this significant burden lifted from our shoulders. We felt it with every single item. And so the more that we did that, the more it was like, you know, we don't need that s- small wooden sculpture that we got in Asia. Like, I, I know that we were so excited about it, but you know what? Never mind. Let, let's add that to the list. Let's get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. And what about, because, I mean we've gone caravanning um only sort of for a fortnight and but you know you pack all your things in and then when we've taken the dogs you think oh my goodness i need to pack all the food and then i need to pack some toys and i need to pack dishes and, I, and it always seems to be you know a lot more than i expect to take for the dogs so <laughs> how do you get around sort of i mean d- did you have to cut down on nymeria's belongings or is, is that one area that you haven't sort of um compromised on at all um well i mean we've gotten rid of like the bulky things like we don't have a crate anymore mm-hmm. um or like those those big like bulky dog beds we have like mm-hmm. uh you know thinner travel dog beds mm-hmm. but we actually we actually built our van you know with all this in mind so we've got like a big uh storage box that we mounted on one of our doors on the inside and that actually is like perfectly fits this like plastic container where we put their food 
And then it also like, you know, we've got like a bag that has like toys, like balls and mm. rope toys. And and then we have another antlers. small box mm. that fits in there, too. And that's all their like monthly medication. That's their Dremel to do their nails. That's mm-hmm. their toothbrushes. Mm-hmm. So this bo- this giant box that we built onto our door, we call it our dog box. Mm. Um, and it's just everything dog related fits perfectly in it. Yeah, yeah. Because by was it by the time you set off or after you set off that you you um, got Crow as well? Um, so Crow was actually um, my childhood dog. I got oh, her in okay. two thousand one. She was a puppy. Mm. So we went. Uh, let's see. So I was. She was with me as a puppy at my parents. Then in 2000, the end of 2011, I moved out and John and I got our first apartment. Um, And then probably about three to four years after living together, we chose to take Crow Mm -hmm. and into our, it was after we got Nymeria. So we got Nymeria. We saw that we could handle a dog because Crow is a lot older Mm -hmm. and we didn't want to take away from every like the house she had always known and plus we were living in apartments so which made it a little tougher to have a dog yeah uh, but once we got our house then we were able to get nymeria and then we took crow in as well yeah. uh, a few months after that um because yeah. with her being older too she had like her eyesight was going and stuff like that so there were a lot more special needs with her so once we were sure that we could just handle the responsibility of a dog the two of us then we were like okay let's let's add crow to the mix now yes yeah and did you find because i i sort of find two dogs it's i love having two dogs because i love watching their interactions but then you have to kind of at least be aware of if not manage their interactions as well as their interactions with you and it kind of adds another whole dimension so how did you find going from one to two um, well, Nymeria will always be the world's most jealous dog. <laughs> she, uh, you, you just look at another dog and she shoves her butt in her face, in your face. Like, please rub me. Hey, I'm your favorite. Don't forget. Um, but she, she, uh, Nymeria specifically is just obsessed with other dogs in general, like mm-hmm. between Crow and Delilah. She's always licking them or taking care of them in some way, following them around. What are you sniffing? I want to sniff it. Um, yeah, so she, she. Uh, I mean, the, the thing we did have to worry about, though, is that uh, Crow was, what was she, 15 when we took her in? Mm-hmm. So she's like a 15-year-old miniature dachshund. Mm-hmm. Um, Very small. At the time. And Nymeria is, was about not even a year so she was, you know, obviously very playful and wanted to be best friends with Crow and play with her. <laughs> so we kind of had to watch that, um, you know, to make sure. She would, she would want to, get... like, nudge her on the back or something. And yeah. you know how fragile Dachshund yes. spines can be. So we had yeah. to be like, hold on, chill out. You know, she's she's not a puppy trying to play back with you. Yeah, <laughs> she's but... an old woman. Be kind. Oh, oh, oh. Crow is also pretty good at standing up for herself. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. But yeah, and then this, this past May, we took in my mom's, or no, 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 exactly one year ago. Yeah, we just had year. our one-year anniversary this week. Um, we took in Delilah, and Delilah and Nymeria play so well together. Oh, so, beautiful. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's lovely when they got on, and when, particularly when they're well-matched, you know, physically as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then Crow, um, so we gave her... A really awesome year on the road. Like she, her whole entire life, she was born and raised in this small town in Missouri, basically, and didn't leave a house or a backyard much at all. And then when we took her in, and specifically when we hit the road, she she saw the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, the the Gulf. We went to lakes up in Michigan, so she saw a whole world of scents and smells and wonderful things and yeah she actually loved going on hikes as well like it was pretty it's pretty amazing Uh, we would try to carry her because she would be older and there would be like fallen tree limbs and stuff and she would like squirm and cry until we like set her down and then she would just happily run around and jump over everything and follow us on the trail yeah it was like she was a puppy again it was really cool to see yeah oh gorgeous gorgeous because i mean you know from a human point of view, thinking I'm going to have to live in a van and I'm going to have to sort of cut down on my stuff and it's a small, to us, it's a small space. But to the dog, I mean, as I say, I'm, I'm just going by the caravan holidays we, we've had. <laughs> um, and the dogs love it because you're always in the same room all together and they love it. Yeah. 
did you find that with your dogs? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The van is their comfort zone entirely, and even if we're like visiting family, um, or just like somewhere a little more urban, stationary, temporarily. And then we're like, all right, guys, we're going to the van. They just get so excited because they know that that means that we're going to do something exciting all together. Yeah. And they love just uh, sitting up on the bed platform in the back and just and they're surrounded by windows so they can just lay there and comfort and just look out the window at all the cool scenery. Yeah. Driving <laughs> down the highway and they're just watching the mountains or the cows yeah. or the rivers or whatever. Yeah. And also with this lifestyle in general, you know, you mentioned like that they just love us all being, you know, being in the same room with you. Um, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to spend, you know, all day, every day with, with our dogs, um, you know, which is, you know, not, not a lot of people get that, get that opportunity. So we definitely, you know, are grateful for that. We're extremely grateful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the dream, isn't it? To spend to be able to spend that much time with your dog—that's amazing. And it it's, it just seems such a a leap. And you know, most to most for most of us, you think, well, yeah, it's it's lovely, it's great, it's ideal. But I couldn't do it. You know, it's just it's so different, isn't it? And yet, it's it's it is in many ways ideal. Yeah, there are parts of it that aren't ideal for some people, but the the fun ideals of it dramatically outweigh the negative ideals in our opinion, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, you've certainly seen your dogs flourish while they've been living this lifestyle, haven't you? Absolutely. Um, Nymeria is one of our favorite things to watch. We spend most of our time in the middle of the wild, basically. So just like no cell service surrounded by trees or cacti or mountains or oceans or whatever um so we spend a lot of our time in these secluded areas of the wild and we just uh where we don't have to keep them on leashes or there's none of these strict rules or anything we could just let them go and it's so we 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 should probably start a youtube channel because it's just so entertaining watching them just take off running after a fresh snowfall in the mountains, soaring over fallen trees, or there was this one time we were hiking in North Carolina and there was this dirt wall that was probably like five feet tall, just a straight vertical wall. And Nymeria's running around like crazy and we're walking up on the wall and she just like runs up this wall flawlessly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like things that you would never be able to witness in a urban situation, the like true athletic abilities of your dog. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then with Delilah too. So, uh, um, you know, we, we took her in from a, a family member. So we had known her for, uh, you know, most of her life. And, uh, before before we took her in, she had basically been, you know, basically known just like a house and the backyard. That was kind of her whole little universe. And any time that like the front door would be left open for a second too long, she was gone. She would just be sprinting down the street. Sometimes and, for hours. Yes. Yeah, you know, either everybody would be like running after her and it would be like this whole ordeal trying to catch her or she would like come back, you know, two or three hours later. But since since we've taken her in, you know, we've given her, you know, she basically just wanted to explore. She wasn't really yeah, trying she's to just escape. curious. Yeah, she's just curious. She wants to check things out. And, and since we've been giving her that opportunity and she, and she knows that she has that with us, she actually does not run. We don't have to worry about her running anymore at all. She'll like uh, she sticks right with us. And um, she knows that know. if she stays with us, we we do cool and fun things together mm-hmm. So if she runs off, she's going to miss out on whatever cool and fun thing we do. So she's she's always like we give them the freedom to adventure and explore on their own. But it's always. Yeah, they always stick within a pretty, pretty small radius because, you know, we're, we're definitely they're their pack and they want to hang with us, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they say that, don't they? If you, if you bond with your dog, you know, that they, they'll want to be with you. It's not a case of having to train them to stick rigidly with you. The bond is there, right. you know, it's a natural behavior. I'll, I'll stay with my family, then I'll stay here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it yeah. sounds lovely. Exactly. Yeah. So you've, you've been living in the van for two years now, is that right? Yes, this, uh, in about two months, we'll be at 
Two years exactly. Yeah, yeah. A- April of 2017 was when we hit the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, do you have any any plans for how long you'll do this for, or is it just a sort of we'll wait and see? <laughs> a little bit of both. Mm. Um, we do know that at some point we would like to get property somewhere just to have our own home base. Um, but even when we have kids, we fully intend on homeschooling and just to keep us with that flexibility that we can sort of up and go wherever we want, you know, like instead of just teaching our kids about the Tetons from a book that we're reading, let's just drive to the Tetons and then we'll show you. And (laughs) we met some families on the road that have kids and it's just really amazing to see like how how kind of well adjusted the kids are and intelligent and, uh, and just like, you know, we think that that kind of, uh, you know, even if it's just like four or five months out of the year or whatever, that'd just be a really great gift to give our kids is that kind of type of experience. So we want to, even if we do end up having like a property and a, a dwelling somewhere, we'd probably be on the road for at least part of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from, from personal experience, home education is wonderful. Homeschooling is wonderful because <laughs> you can set your timetable, you know, it doesn't, and it's things like you don't have to stick to the timing of school because because you can stay up late and work if that suits your body clock better and if you want to sit in your pajamas and read something you know that's okay it just takes that rigidity and and like you say you can just you can go and look at things firsthand and learn them because you've experienced them and it's a marvelous experience I, i just that worked so well and you spend again it's that spending the time with your children like you've just been saying about spending the time with your dogs that's what gets you the relationship and i I, you know i mean we we weren't in a van obviously we were at home but even so home education was just wonderful so i hope you get the chance to do that because that that is just brilliant can't recommend that enough yeah it's it's very important to us to get that teaching experience with our kids and we'll learn along the way too Mm -hmm. our kids will be like well, I, I want to learn more about outer space. And we'll be like, sweet, so do we. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so yeah. I forgot about that for middle school. That's, uh, we'll yeah. rush up on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yes, I remember that. Because I, I mean, I did um, exams when I was 16 um, in science. But then when I was teaching my daughter at home, and you think, gosh, this has changed. You know, they've discovered new things. And yeah. obviously, you know, it filters down. And yeah, I learned so much. And it was some of it was remembering. And some of it was learning anew. So yeah, it's a brilliant experience. Okay, so now and another thing, you've got an exciting thing coming up in May. So tell me about the Midwest Van Life Gathering. Yes, so we host, um, this is going to be the second annual Midwest Van Life Gathering. It's um, a weekend long, May 17th to the 19th, located in Illinois. Um, it's going, so what it is, is it's just a bunch of nomads coming together Um You don't have to be from the Midwest. That's just the location of the event. But it's all of us coming together as a community. Um, Because even though we're all nomadic and we all are doing our own things nowhere near each other most of the time, there are these events like these gatherings where we can all come together. And that's where you really get this deep community feel. Um, Yeah, even though though it's uh, we're not you know, physically located in the same place most of the time. Uh, like the nomad community is, is actually like really vibrant and, and close knit in a lot of ways. And it's, uh, you know, having these like van gatherings is, uh, or going to them is a, or is a really cool experience because you're, you're meeting people that you just instantly vibe with. Cause you're all kind of on the same page. You're all doing the same thing. Yeah, we you have it. a lot of the same attitudes and, um, we wanted to bring that to the Midwest, which yeah. is, uh, what, you know, what, uh, we, uh, Jamie organized the first one last year and then put it together the second this year. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, it's a really good time. It's a uh, you don't need a van to come out. You can tent camp. You can car camp if you're just interested in living in a van. It's a great place for inspiration or to get questions answered or just a fun weekend camping. You don't even have to be interested in buying your own van. Um, it's just a fun camping weekend. There's stand up paddle boarding. There will be live music. There's going to be an epic giveaway. We're giving away a Dometic fridge and a solar oven and a bunch of other like, uh, windshield coverings. Just a lot of great 
stuff that, uh, and it's 100% a fundraiser. We do not keep any of the money. It's just the community coming together. We're raising funds for an organization in Illinois that works with marginalized youth by utilizing wilderness therapy. We're donating towards pancreatic cancer research and we'll be donating towards public land conservation. Excellent. Sounds wonderful. And I bet, again, the, I bet the dogs really, really enjoy you know, meeting all those people. Yeah, as much as the humans love coming together, the dogs love coming together, too. Oh, yeah. And it's not just dogs. We've met people traveling around with cats, snakes, chickens. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's a whole, uh, it's like a whole zoo. You can yeah. Find, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we had a boat for a while, and we pulled them in. In um, I think it was Bristol, and the boat right next door to us. They had a, a, a like a big parrot in the, in the boat with them, and I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. Nice pirates, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, yes, I, I I hadn't thought of that. Yes, it was dangerous parking next. You don't park a boat, do you? It was dangerous mooring next to them. But yes, <laughs> hadn't thought of that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, I, obviously it's going to be a fun event. And as you say, you you don't have to have a van. You can just go and have an, a good time and um, raise some money for great causes. Yes, yeah. It'll be a good time all around. I yeah. uh, I can guarantee that if you come out, you will not have a bad time. <laughs> great, okay. <laughs> and where can people find out more about that online? Uh, so uh, at our website, which is uh, nomadhome.com, that's nomad with a G, so G-N-O-M-A-D-H-O-M-E.com. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just kind of in our, our menu, there's a, 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 a Midwest gathering uh, option that can take you right to the page. It has all the information about that. Yeah, that's where you can mm-hmm. find out more about it. You can get your tickets to the event. You can go check out the Facebook group about mm-hmm. it and more. Excellent, excellent. Okay, it's, you've made it sound really, you know, wonderful, and I'm, I'm getting itchy feet now. And I think, oh yeah, I'd like to do that. And, um, and see, I wouldn't need such a big van because I mean, I've got a small dog at the moment, so <laughs> just get away with that. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I know my husband is going to sort of look at it because I have to say he's talked about, hey, we could get a double decker bus and adapt that. So that's the kind of thing he's looking at. So, but yeah, yeah it could be. Could be bigger, but that's okay. Um, a double deckered bus would be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, plenty, plenty of people do buses, but a double decker—I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You know, he's he's got lofty ambitions. We'll have to start with something yeah. <laughs> build up to that. Um, is there? We've talked about a lot of things. Is there anything you know, sort of particularly about the dogs and that lifestyle that that we haven't managed to talk about so far? Um, well, I was going to add that there was a little prep work that we did with the dogs to prepare them for the van. Mm. Uh, we didn't just like throw them into this transition and we were off. We would, we would, uh, when we first got the van and we were building it, we would only put them in the van when we were going to do something fun so that they kept associating the van with fun things so, like, if we were going to the vet or something like that, we would just take them in the car. But if we were going to the park, we would take them in the van. Um, and then we also, like, reinstated some training with them. So, uh, like, we really enforced uh, stay and come and stuff like that. So, like, for instance, we could have the van doors wide open in a Walmart parking lot. And if we tell the girls to stay, then they'll stay. They won't jump out of the van. They won't run around the parking lot mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah, same with having them come back. Yeah, like yeah. especially being out on the road and being in, you know, strange places a lot of the time. Just, yeah, just like having that peace of mind of knowing that, you know, they. Whenever we yeah. say they'll, they'll proudly come back yeah, to us. Yeah, they'll come back to us or they won't jump out of the van just unexpectedly is, yeah, really, really helpful. So the training definitely pays off. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, of course, what you normally view as car manners suddenly becomes house manners with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it does sound lovely. It's not something I'm going to do, I know, because I, I'm not that brave, but it does sound wonderful. <laughs> um, and, you know, the best of luck with the, the, the gathering and the best of luck with however long this goes on for you and the best of luck with it and to you and the dogs yeah thank you so much oh life on the open road (laughs) i'll never be brave enough but it's a lovely daydream isn't it 
But if you are brave enough, we have the links John and Jamie mentioned on the Dogcast Radio site. And I'm looking forward to seeing photos of the Midwest Van Life Gathering. You're listening to Dogcast Radio on www.dogcastradio.com. And now it's time for the Dogcast Radio News. The Search and Rescue Dogs Association, SADA, Ireland, has just welcomed its newest recruit in the form of three-year-old crossbreed, Rowan. However, just two years ago, poor Rowan was in the dog pound in danger of being put down. Then, the Protecting Pound Dogs Association in Kilkenny got him out and set about finding him the perfect home. When Sheila O'Malley approached them, asking if they had a dog who'd be suitable for her to train as a search and rescue dog, they suggested Rowan, who was nervous but obsessed with a ball, which is a very useful trait for a search and rescue dog. Once Sheila started training Rowan, he blossomed, proving that her approach of patience, kindness and consistency was exactly what he needed. After two years of this positive training regime, the dog, who had never been on a lead or even been house-trained when he first met Sheila, was ready to prove himself. Rowan and Sheila took a tough assignment, which involved locating 12 people who were hidden around the Wicklow Mountains over a two-day period. They passed with flying colours, and Rowan is now one of the only five air-sent dogs qualified with Sada Island. Another dog whose powerful nose is being put to good use now, this time in Argentina, but Chesapeake Bay Retriever Train is not sniffing out people. No, Train is on the hunt for big cats, more specifically, their poo. His task is to detect as many scat samples as possible to enable researchers at Argentina's Ministry of Ecology to study the wildlife habitats in the northeastern Misión province's Atlantic forest ecosystem. The aim is to expand the green corridor of the province, which is the only multi-species wildlife corridor in Argentina and was established in 1999, safeguarding the future for one of the country's most vulnerable forest ecosystems where pumas, jaguars, ocelots, oncelas and bush dogs live. As well as these big cats, Train can sniff out the scat of their prey, including tapirs, white-collared peccaries, collared peccaries and packers, a ground-dwelling rodent. Those species are important to provide food for the predators. When Train detects scat, he knows to alert owner Karen DiMatteo by standing still and cocking his head. Karen then asks, did you find it? And Train confirms by wagging his tail, and then he gets a playtime as a reward. Then he gets to rest while she bags up the samples. Over the course of five years, Train has found around a thousand scat samples, representing a significant contribution to the conservation of those animals and their environment. Did you know that the 23rd of April is National Lost Dog Awareness Day in America? It was created by a group called Lost Dogs of America and seeks to both raise awareness of missing dogs and celebrate the happy reunions of found dogs who go back home. Happily, an ASPCA survey conducted over five years revealed that actually 93% of lost dogs are reunited with their owners. 15% of dogs in the survey were taken back home thanks to their identification tags or microchips, and 80% of owners believed that pet ID tags are vital. But worryingly, only a third of owners surveyed said their pet actually always wears one. Certainly, a dog who was found recently was not wearing an ID tag, although it's debatable how much that would have helped, as he was found 220 kilometres, that's 135 miles, off the coast of Thailand. The brown aspen was rescued from calm seas by oil rig workers. Although exhausted, the dog seemed in good spirits and after a wash and a drink and a rest, he was declared happy and healthy. It's speculated that he may have fallen from a fishing trawler. One dog who needs extra help to make sure he doesn't get lost is blind staffy Amos. Amos was born at a rescue centre and was blind from birth. Initially, it looked as though he wouldn't find a home, but when Jess Martin started volunteering at the shelter, things started looking up. Jess already had a nine-year-old Border Terrier, Toby, and was apprehensive as to how the two dogs might get on when she decided to foster Amos. Initially, the two dogs didn't interact, and it was only when Amos became nervous about strange noises when out on a walk that their friendship started. Toby simply lay down beside Amos and waited until he was ready to continue. Then, at home, when he noticed Amos couldn't find the water bowl, he gave him a nudge towards it. It quickly became apparent that Amos was staying. Amos has difficulty socialising with other dogs, but again his adopted brother has his back and steps in to look after him and make sure he is safe. So Toby is not only Amos's guide dog, but also his bodyguard. Now we love a good bit of research here at Dogcast Radio, but this next story really delighted us. 
Scientists looked at 18 men's facial hair and 30 dogs' fur, investigating the bacterial load of each, and were surprised to find that the humans was significantly higher than the dogs. Professor Andreas Goodsight of Switzerland's Herslanden Clinic was looking into whether humans are at risk of picking up a disease if they share an MRI with dogs. However, perhaps it's more likely to be the other way around, because while all the men whose ages ranged from 18 to 76 had high microbial counts, with seven having levels that were hazardous to human health, only 23 of the dogs had high microbial counts, with the rest being moderate. We're always told to wash our hands before eating after touching a dog. Maybe we should do so after handling a bearded man. Maybe, and that's something you can mull over for yourself, because that's all we have time for this episode of the Dogcast Radio News. See you next time! Name one development in the history of humankind that has increased happiness more than the domestication of dogs. Aaron Easterly. Sometimes pet owners need a little support for various reasons. Thank goodness that when that happens, charities like the Mayhew Animal Home are ready to help. Tanya Madden, who's the deputy head of animal welfare at the Mayhew, told me about her job. And the work of the Mayhew. Okay, so I am the deputy head of animal welfare. So I kind of manage sort of the cat and dog side of things and the rehoming side of things. So Mayhew, as an organisation, we have,、um, you know, we have our, our kennels and cattery. We do rehoming.、Um, you know, we find dogs and cats new homes. But we do also do a lot of other work as well. So we do a lot of community work.、Um, we kind of prevent, try to prevent animals coming into us in the first place. We work with the homeless. Projects we help support them with their pets, and we do a trap neuter return program with the feral cats.、Um, we also do some education work. We have a lovely therapist program, and that is when we go into old people's homes and hospitals um, with um, owners and their pets and do some、uh, therapy with the animals.、Mm. And we also do some international work as well. So、uh, we're a fairly small centre, but we、uh, we try to do a lot a lot of work. Yes, yeah, I love that about rescues, though. That like you're you're doing your best to make sure no, no animals or few animals come to you. You're actually trying to put yourself out of business. That's good. That's, yes, <laughs> yes. it's kind of what we want. That yes. is goal. Yeah. Oh, bless. Which wouldn't that be lovely if if, if you could achieve? It would. Yeah. yeah. Just retire. Just retire. Fixed it. Problem、yeah. fixed. Can just retire now. That'll be fine. Ah,、oh, but we know that's that's not the world we live in. So、um, unfortunately, no. No, no. So tell me about Robbie. So yeah, Robbie was a lovely, sweet little dog that、um, came. Well, he didn't come into us. So the owners contacted us.、Um, the story was so. Unfortunately, owner、um, Robbie's owner died, and、um, the daughter、um, took him on. And、um, but unfortunately, she couldn't keep him.、Um, she did try really hard. She wanted obviously keep the dog because it was connected to her family.、Um, but she wasn't getting. They weren't getting on with a cat in the home. They tried really hard. Um, and we understand it can be really hard sometimes.、Mm. Like giving up, giving up your pet is is a difficult decision. It's、yes. not something that people take lightly, and we 100% sort of understand that.、Um, so when she contacted us, we were you know full of sympathy for her, and you know she didn't obviously want to give the have the dog end up in kennels. So we offered her the rehome from home scheme. So that is where a dog can stay in the owner's home, and we go there. We go and assess the dog. We get to know the dog's character in the in the home, and、um, and then kind of figure out a criteria so we can match the、um, the right owner to the dog. Basically,、um, they also get a medical check with our vets, and、um, and then yeah, Robbie was lucky enough to have some lovely people come in, a lovely couple come in, who were a suitable match, and then they were able to go to the home. Where Robbie was living, and meet him in that environment. Yes. So、yeah. they get a real natural,、um, natural environment with him. They understand his behaviour,、um, and they get to see what he's like rather than him being in kennels. So it was, it was great for Robbie. It was great for the owners, and great for the,、um, the people having to sadly give him up as well. So it's、uh, lots of benefits to the program. Yeah, yeah. As, as you were saying that, I was thinking there's so many benefits to this because. You know, let's take them sort of case by case. But for the owner,、mm-hmm. again, that because when you do need to rehome an animal, it, it, there's a huge pressure. You fear there's going to be a backlash. There's, you know, it's a big decision to make. You've got the pressures you put on yourself. You've got the societal pressures pushing in. You, you know, what will the what your friends say, your neighbours, your society as a whole?、Yeah. You know, so for you to go in and be able to say, look, okay, 
the, the pressure's off, we're going to help you. That must be such a comfort to someone who's already in, in a lot of um, emotional... A lot of distress. Upsetting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we completely understand that, and we want to offer this sort of completely non-judgmental approach. We understand, you know, sometimes you can't keep your pet and you mm. do have to make that difficult decision, and we can support you through that. Um, you know, some people make, you know, make the decision to rehome it, try and rehome themselves, um, you know, online, things like that. That's obviously something that we discourage. Mm. Um, you know, we can offer that support. We can support the owners. We can pre-check the owner that the dog's going to. We can do pre- and post-home visits and things like that. So they've got that security, and that's what we want to offer the um, the people having to give up a pet. We can offer that security to them. Yes, that you know, if if they come to you for help, uh, particularly mm-hmm. with you know the, the home, the rehome from home, so they're not putting extra pressure on you. Um, but you yeah. know that you know those home checks and those vital things will be done, so that the animal yeah. that they can't care in their own home for anymore will be yeah. found the best home, won't they? Yeah, and that is the whole point of what we try and do. You know, it's the best home, the the right match for the right dog. You know, that's the whole point in it. Yeah. And you know, if you're trying to rehome a dog yourself, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to say, "Well, can I just come round and check your home? Can no. I just get you to fill out a form? Can I can I check your home in a couple of months' time? Can I offer ongoing advice and support?" They're going to be like, "Well, no." Yeah. Um. So at least we can offer that to people and you know when someone's coming to a rescue they have that they have that support as well from the people coming to rehome the dog they have that ongoing support and advice as well from from us and they know that this dog has been behaviorally medically checked Mm. and they've got a you know they've got a healthy dog and it's you know we know the behavior and we can pass all that information on to the owners so from both sides of it you know we can offer offer a bit of extra support yeah yeah. And obviously, it's of huge benefit to the animal involved, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Just not having to come into kennels. I mean, when we do have dogs in kennels, obviously, we do everything that we can for them, do a lot of enrichment and things like that. Mm. But it's not a home environment. So yeah. if the dog can stay in its home and not have to come into kennels, that's great. And then, you know, they get that sort of crossover. You know, they meet the, the new owners in the home. You know, they they kind of get to know them. They can start that bonding process in a familiar environment, mm. and then when the dogs take, when they come and take it, take the dog home, they leave from us. The dog comes into us, and then they take the dog home. You know, they've they've met in a familiar environment, so yes. you know that could even help the bonding process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taking and, the dog, yeah, absolutely. And as you say, they they get to talk to someone. You know, the the the, the new adopters, the new house, new home mm-hmm. gets to talk to the old home and get to know a little bit more about them and what they can expect. So the, yeah. that match is going to be even better isn't it yeah definitely it, it all helps it all makes a makes a difference it's just seeing that dog seeing the dog in a home environment that is the big thing you know this is what it's like in a home not this is what it's like when it's been set in a kennel yes. you know it's completely different and so that is really important for them to be able to see that yeah yeah i mean something i always say to people is whether you're going to a rescue or to a breeder wherever you're going that that person should be asking you as many questions mm-hmm. as you asking yeah. are you as you are asking yeah. them shouldn't they yeah definitely i mean we do that when we're doing the interviews for the people because they will have an interview with us before they go to the home mm. so we will obviously pre-check them so we will be asking them them loads of questions about you know what kind of home they can offer and then they'll be asking questions about the dogs so it is a sort of a two-way process and like okay is this the right match for you and then they don't go and see that dog unless we say yes that is going to be a match so there's no sort of meeting a dog that, you know, may or may not be the right dog for you. It'll be, this will be a good match. Go and see, see how you get on, see what you think and and then come and have a chat with us afterwards. So, you know, we get that interview process out of the way first. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's, it's an important process because we, we are quite bad as humans, as sort of falling in love, we, you know, on, on the mm. look of a dog. Oh, that dog yeah. looks cute. I on love that. picture. Yes, yeah. yeah. But you, falling you, in love, a bond mm. with her already. Yeah. yeah, but you do need to be compatible. You know, your lifestyle needs to be compatible with that dog, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you've got to think about what kind of dog you're taking on. Do you have the time to dedicate to that dog? And each dog has its own individual needs. Like a puppy, you know, you're going to need to not be working full time and out all day with a puppy, you know, and things like that. So it's got to, it's matching. And what kind of energy levels do you have and the dog has? It's all these little things and training. How much training does the dog need? Are you willing to put that work in? Or do you need like an easier dog that does just needs a bit of basics? It's all those little things that you need to sort of consider before sort of taking a dog on. And that's the kind of advice that we can we can give owners. Um, 
you know, to help them match them up. So it so it does go right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the Mayhew does a lot of work. You, you've talked now about the, the rehome from home, but you do a lot of community initiatives, don't you, to sort of help pets stay with loving owners, don't you? We do. I mean, that is that is one of the big things, kind of keeping owners and their pets together. And, you know, our sort of strapline is for dogs, cats and communities. So it is working with the whole the whole lot. I mean, one of the things is our pet refuge program. So that is um, a scheme. So if um, an owner had to go into hospital or rehab and they couldn't look after their animal, we can look after their animal for a while whilst they're going through that. Um and it means they don't have to give the animal up. They can bring it into us. We'll look after it. They know it's going to be safe. Um, and then once they're once they're ready, once they've got themselves back on their feet, we can reunite them. So that could be a dog that would have ended up in in a rescue centre somewhere. Yeah. Or sometimes people don't go and get the help they need because they're worried about their pets. You know, I'm not going to go and get myself sorted because no, I've got no one to look after my pet or, you know, I don't have someone, you know, I don't have the friends and family to help look after them or whatever. Mm. So, again, we can offer that support and keep them, keep them together. Mm. So that's one, of the, that's one of the big things that we do. Yeah, yeah. And it is a big consideration for people because, you know, your dog, your cat is another family member, isn't it? So that's, it is, it, you know, as you say, it is a huge issue for some people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's so sad. And, and if they do have to, you know, definitely if it's, a, if it's an emergency and they have to go and get treatment of some kind, to come back out to a world that doesn't include that animal that they've loved. Yeah, be, it's, just, it's just really hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah make you, They're part of your family. Yes, you definitely. Know? Definitely. It would that's just make things point. even worse, wouldn't it? Yeah, and if you know that, you know, if you're going through something difficult, you know, in rehab or hospital, and you know that you've got your pet there waiting, it gives a little bit more, um, you know, something to strive towards. You know, I I get this done, get myself better and things like that, then I can come out and I can collect my pet at the end of it. Yeah. So it helps as a little motivator as well for for people, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. People listening to this, how can they help support your work? Because I'm thinking, do you need more do you, do you use fosterers? How can they help support you? So, yeah, we do have foster carers. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so if anybody did want to um, help us on the fostering side of things, definitely. So um, dogs and cats, um, you can apply on the on the website for that. Um, and then sort of support as well and kind of just getting our name out there as well. And, you know, if, you, if someone can't look after their dog anymore, you know, get in touch with us. Or if you're looking for a dog or a cat, you know, get in touch with us. You know, it's that whole adopt, don't shop, you know, come to, an, mm. come to a rescue centre and just get in that that message out there you know if you if you do want to rehome something um come to a rescue center like mayhew um or you know there are other rescues in you know in your area and things like that we'd, we'd rather go to that than than go and buy one or go through a re- irresponsible breeder or you know just buy something online you know because there's so many dogs and cats in rescue centers mm. um all over the country who are looking f- looking for homes um so you know you can share our stories um you know on our facebook page and things like that and you know just getting that sort of message out there really and and any support people can offer um us as well is obviously always greatly greatly received yeah yeah and as you say anybody who is in that awful situation of thinking i'm i'm gonna have to rehome my animal it is mm-hmm. much better if they come in and talk to you isn't it yeah that's what we want you know you're not going to get any judgment from us yeah we'd rather you come and speak to us or say look we're having some issues you know sometimes we can help with the issues you know we can we support people in in different ways so it might be a case that we can keep you together or if not you know just go to a rescue and speak to them um because you know we do get cases of, of dogs and cats that have been dumped or mm. you know strayed and left somewhere down the line there's a story yeah of that animal and we'd rather have that story and to, to te- learn us so we can teach learn about the dog yes. their personality it's better coming from an owner rather than picking up a stray dog off the street and we don't know anything it makes it a lot easier to be able to rehome a dog if we know the history yeah. just come and talk to a rescue you know that's that's near to you um you know if you need to give up your dog or cat just just reach out for that help and support. We, that's what we're there for. We're there to support you, and we'd rather you do that than than take a risk. Yeah, with your animal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, saying that, where where can people find online to to get in touch with you? 
So the Mayhew.org, that's our, our website. Um, so all the information about the Rehome from Home scheme is on there um, and also about all the other sort of work that we do. Um, you know, we also have a community vet clinic as well. You can get lots of low-cost vaccinations and neutering done. So that's all that information is on there as well about our Therapals programme. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter. So if you want to follow us and share our stories, that's always great. And Instagram as well, just Mayhew. Um, so find us on there as well. Smashing, smashing. I think you've done a really good job there, but is there anything else that you <laughs> is there anything else that you'd like to say, Tanya? One of the other bigger things is, is neutering as well. It's one of the things we do promote a lot. Yeah. Um to neuter your pets and, and things like that and you know don't think about breeding just because to give them that chance mm. to breed and mm. you know, there's so many dogs and cats up and down the country looking for homes. Um so be a sort of responsible owner and get your dog neutered dog and cat neutered. Um and again that can be done cheaply um you know we offer that in our community vet clinic and things like that so i just get that done definitely yeah yeah absolutely absolutely because you owe it to the cat or dog and to all those poor cats and dogs in rescue as you say you owe it yes to definitely there's so many health benefits to it as well it's not just the overpopulation the breeding you know of the dogs and puppies and kittens and things it's just the health benefits as well and behavior benefits to it as well so and it just it just marks responsible ownership there is help and support available, whether you're looking to rehome, adopt, or maybe desperate to keep your pet but struggling. Do visit our website, dogcastradio.com, for more information. And that's all we have time for. So, until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. Dot com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the ident dogcastradio. That's all one word, dogcastradio. By email, you can contact me on julie at dogcastradio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny. What do dogs increase? The population.